Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of The Rebound, where we're going to learn about the supply chain transformation journey at Petrobras, one of the world's leading petroleum industry companies. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And joining us today, and we're going to try and get this right, is Paolo Enrique Fortado. Paolo is the inventory manager at Petrobras and one of the leaders behind the project we're going to talk about today. Paolo, welcome. And how did I do? Yeah, Bob, you, you, you did great. My name is Paulo Henrique Portado, and it's a great pleasure to be here today. And many thanks to you, Bob and Abe, for this great opportunity. Well, thank you. And we're excited to have you. I know that uh, Abe and I heard you at the ASCM event, and uh, it's really a great and exciting uh, project that you're going to walk us through. So this was a big event uh, in your company. So why don't we just get started here? Many of our listeners may not even be familiar with Petrobras. Tell us about the company, what you do, and the scope of your operations. Yeah, the, the Petrobras is a, a Brazilian public health corporation that operates in, in integrated and specialized manner in the oil, natural gas, and the energy industry. Even though the Brazilian government is the majority stakeholder, the company has stocks being traded on the New York stock market and Sao Paulo stock market. Uh, Petrobras is recognized worldwide for our technology in ultra deep waters that enables oil and get natural gas uh, exploration and production in pre-salt fields. The pre-salt fields are one of our main focuses today and due to the high standard levels regarding the oil quality and the productiveness. Uh, in order to show our complexity and size, I brought some big numbers here. Uh, we have 57 production platforms, over 5,000 production wells. Our daily output is 2.77 million barrels and our proven reserves are almost 10 billion barrels. We also have 12 refiners producing over 1,800,000 barrels per day and 15 thermoelectric plants and three biodiesel plants. Paolo, really uh, extraordinary organization and the breadth and the depth of the organization is uh, really hard to put our arms around. So before we start getting into the transformation of the work that you did, give me and our listeners a little bit of context. Uh, describe what was going on in the supply chain operations. What were the major issues that you had prior to starting the project or that drove you to start the project? In the beginning, our board was very uncomfortable about the amount of MRO investment material inventory because it was affecting our company in terms of a financial, operational costs and obsolescence. We had a desynchronized requisition consumed relation. And because of that, we had high levels of surplus inventory. Even though having a, a, the scenario of, uh, a scenario of high inventory levels, we couldn't provide our consum customers the required service level and there was lots of complaints. And although we have high inventory levels, supply chain was a bottleneck to our operations at that time. 
by the way, we should clarify that when you talk about a customer, that's an internal customer, correct? Primarily like providing supplies and MRO and things to your own operations. Yeah, all of them are internal customers for sure. Right. That that was my understanding. So I remember when you and I spoke setting this up that you said that, um, you know, as a result of, of the bottlenecks that you were just talking about, the board asked your supply chain team to seek a benchmark to measure your supply chain performance. And in full disclosure, you did this in conjunction with ASCM and the new SCORE model. So how did you go about that? In other words, what did that process entail? Yeah, what, what the, our board asked us uh, to solve the problems, she, uh, they, they, they asked, you need to compare our operation with similar operations or a standard in order to find out what is happening. What is, is the problem? And then to solve the problems. So we start to look it around the world and found the SCM, which was at that time developing an enterprise certification process. Petrobras, and we discussed it a lot with ASCM and decided to pilot, pilot the, the, the certification process in our MRO and investment materials supply chain. It was a very, very hard process with over 170 document, documents and procedures analyzed, trips, meetings, and shortly after Petrobras were the, was the first ASCM certified company around the world. Oh, well, really interesting when you talk about the, the transformation project and, you know, how you went about it within the organization specifically after you benchmark, you know, where um, you currently were and then establish the targets. Give me a sense of, you know, the initial steps of getting buy-in across the organization to do this. My assumption is that, you know, given the, the scope and the service levels, you had to have other departments buy in on this as well. Yeah, I think the uh, important outcome of the certification process is the evaluation summary and gap analysis. That is a report that lists the company's supply chain strengths and weaknesses, as, and it's a great diagnosis. In our case, the main issues they, they analyzed and, and they discovered were related to planning process. As I said, we have the requisitions cons and consumption was desynchronized. We had inventory management issues. We had generic policies and difficulties in keep our, uh, keeping our stock mean max updated consider the high number of active SKUs. We have over 1 million SKUs active at, at that time. And the last one, the last more important uh, issue that they discovered was related to skill and competencies. The report map that could improve our employees' skills, especially in the supply chain process and system. And as a first step of the transformation, we trained a special team in the SCORE methodology in order to show them the new tools and the market best practices. And after the training, 19 people got the SCORE peer endorsement. Then we have submitted our data to SCOREMARK and we were compared with similar operations and the results confirmed the previous diagnosis that we had a lower than expected performance. And as a, as a third step, we started the transformation and learning program. I, I will call them from here TLP. And that provide, the TLP provided an in-depth diagnosis, much more detail the team could gather with good data 
and perform key interviews that enable the development of a complete action plan. Paulo, after those initial steps, my memory is that you prioritized three projects. Now, there's a lot there, but feel free to walk us through each of those projects, what you wanted to, uh, what you wanted to accomplish with them and how you went about it. Okay, uh, the, the TLP structured six projects, but during the TLP, we had the pandemic started and we, we got lots of limitations, especially capacity constraints to solve the, the COVID. And we needed at that time to prioritize three projects. And the, the projects prioritized was the integrated business planning, inventory management, and workforce development that I detailed, and we selected them because this, this project would best fill in the mapped gaps during the diagnosis phase. So I will detail then a little bit what happening, what we did, because, and what, we, what were the, the results. I think it's important to talk about them. Uh, the first one, the integrated business planning, uh, intended to implement an integrated planning process of MRO and investment materials. To do that, it would require a strong culture changing process and a new process development, actions that would take some time to be implemented. But we knew that we had a, an important problem and knowing that, we should take immediate actions to soften them. So we decided to go on using two solutions, one with short-term outcomes and the other with medium-term. For the short-term, we have created an algorithm to avoid unnecessary purchases based on the data available. Doing that, we could avoid almost $800 million in purchases. And for the medium term, we created a special project with dedicated team to implement the SILP methodology adapted to MRO because we don't have sales in MRO. Because we, we just attend the, the internal clients. And we created a schedule to implement this process business unit by business unit, step by step, because we couldn't fail implementing it. And consider what we have implemented until now, we already can see a huge improvement in the planning process in, in, in the units that we already implemented. We've been an enhanced focus on the purchase area and more important, healthier cash flow, lowering the purchases volume and improving its assertiveness. The second project that I, I, I want to talk about is related to inventory management. And the TLP listed some actions to improve our inventory management. Actions like implementation of an inventory management system, creation of specific inventory policies for strategic categories, improvements in, in master data management, etc. And implementing these actions, we could reduce 25% of our inventory days of supply from 2019 to 2021, and 40% reduction in our actives SKU codes. And finally, uh, talking about the workforce development, the TLP designed a new process to upskill our team. This process mapped the requirements for each supply chain function, measured the skills gap to each employee, and to fill the gaps, we create a, an action plan and we, with the specific trainings and later, we assess the improvement. We first 
ran a pilot in the inventory management department, the department that I'm leading, and we got 32% skill improvement of our employees. And now we are running this process in the whole supply chain department, and we are exactly in this moment assessing the improvements we got. Paulo, really extraordinary efforts. Um, so let, let me jump into the, our last question here and quite an accomplishment that you've done over the you know the past few years here. As you look back, what are some of the key learnings that you took away from your transformation journey? And then, you know, as you look to the future, what are you considering moving towards, you know, in the future? Hey, we have some uh, key learnings from this, this whole process. The first one is, is that sponsorship is crucial. The transformation demands it. We set the sponsors and some decisions needed to be top down. And sometimes, because sometimes we need to use the hammer to make things happen. And the, the sponsors were crucial to, to enable it. The second point here, that the upskilling process enables the transformation. Our employees, as a consequence of their trainings, started to bring new solutions and they were crucial for the transformation. The third point is the empathy is crucial for the transformation. The transformation needed to touch all points of the company, and we needed to consider the reality, difficulties, and particularities of every, everyone inside the, the process. And in order to engage everybody, uh, we used to develop actions together. And these actions, they could understand better the transformation we want to implement, and we could understand the reality. So it works very well. Another one is data. Data was crucial to understand the scenario. And we need data to see the changes and, the, and to predict them. So a, a data-driven culture is a must in a transformation process. And finally, each action must to have an owner. During the transformation process, when it wasn't clear who was the owner, it didn't work. So we need to define who is the person that is responsible for each process. And for the next steps, we some of our opportunities from the enterprise certification assessment are linked to the SDGs and other, ES, and other ESG metrics within Petrobras. We are working with them right now, and we will publish these initiatives in 2023 Petrobras Sustainability Report. And it's important to highlight here that our social responsibility department saw great opportunities adding it to the report and we start to work together in this last August. And for the last point here, we, we ran a new ASCM assessment in September and we are starting the cycle all over again. We already have the, the new diagnosis and the, we have new issues to solve and we are planning how to to organize the TLPs and start the the analysis and this this whole cycle again
really interesting that you're using this as more of a journey as opposed to a destination. And I think that speaks volumes to the commitment that the organization has to moving forward. Uh, Paulo, I want to thank you so much for sharing uh, not only the insights, but some of the impact that you're making. And for those of you that want to learn a little bit more, the case study can be found on ASCM.org. Just um, search for Petrobras and ASCM and you'll see the case study with quite a bit of the information that Paulo shared with you today. And finally, Special thank you for all of you joining us on the episode of The Rebound. We hope you'll be back for our next episode. I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecock. All the best, everyone. Thank you. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. We hope you'll join us again.